0: Thank you for that, and um, one thing that I didn't know, that I'm actually from South Africa. (laughs) I I used to call myself a Kiwi bok, because I was born in South Africa, and at the age of six I immigrated, so that's why I don't have a South African accent, so I used to go under the radar, so so I just pop up when I want to. Um, So um, thank you. So my topic tonight is not staying stuck in the wilderness, so before I start, I just want to pray, because if... um, You know, if God doesn't turn up, I might as well just be quiet and go. (laughs) Um, So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that you want to speak to us, Father God. Thank you that you are here for us, Lord. But also thank you that we are here for you and we lift up your name in this place. And I just, Lord, I just pray you just help me, help me, help me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So... um, We're going to go on a bit of a journey tonight, hope that's okay. Uh, Might get a little bit teary, but I'm sure you'll cope with that. So as I was preparing for this sermon, um, a couple of things that God sort of of shared to me, that um, God has more for you, and God has not forgotten you, and that we are his beloved. So I just want to hold on to some of those things. And I just want to share about Israel and a little bit about their uh, journey um, in the wilderness and then also about Jesus. And I believe that the temptations of Jesus give us some keys to not getting stuck, not staying stuck in the wilderness. Very good. So we all, before, before I get on, I just want to share a little bit about myself, so Eight years ago, my husband passed away. He passed away from motor neuron disease. And I don't know if anybody knows much about motor neurone disease, but it's a condition where the muscles get weaker and weaker. And slowly, he wasn't able to move, ended up being in a wheelchair, wasn't able to eat, wasn't able to breathe. It was an incredibly difficult journey. But even in that journey, God held us. He, he, was, he was there, and um my husband was had an incredible faith, and he allowed God to do a deep work in him and prepare him for death, which in some ways takes even more courage than like, we did believe in healing, like we always like try to uh, turn our eyes to jesus like we we try to keep our eyes on Jesus rather than healing and um and allowing yourself to be prepared for death in some ways takes more courage, and, um, and I was so proud of him. And one thing that God said to me, one day I was in the wardrobe, and God just said to me, you're going to be okay, you're all going to be okay, and I've just held on to that. Even though he died, which part of me says that's not okay, but he 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 was strong until the end, and um, for the last eight years, I've been on my own. Um, the journey of grief has been incredibly hard, and uh, much harder than I anticipated. Part of me thought, "Oh, I you mean, know, I was single. I didn't get married till my uh, early forties, so I had a long time of being single." And I thought, "Oh, I'll just go back to being single. I was pretty, you know." didn't quite work like that. <laughs> um, but, and there was many times, and there are many times, that I've got a bit stuck. And, but by God's grace, I haven't stayed stuck. So I just pray I can just share some of the stuff um, tonight. Yeah. And um, I've got two kids, uh, Naomi, 20, and Sam, 18. And Sam walked down the way on Friday. As most of you know that, so he's, he's about to head off next year. And um, I must have been. It's hitting me a bit hard. Um, I was thinking, he hasn't even left yet. <laughs> and I'm crying a bit, but anyway. So the last couple of weeks, to be honest, has been quite hard. And, um, and I've been a little bit emotional. I've got some wonderful friends down there that can testify to that. Um, I, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And, um, and, and the other day I was blubbering to God and... Bah. And I said, How can I preach? Oh my gosh, how can I preach? And God said to me, Trish, it's not about you, it's about me. I'm thinking, Oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm not actually that important, it's about him. So tonight we're going to go on a bit of a journey. Um, There may be some tears, hopefully, not too much snot, but we'll see how we go. (laughs) So I just want to start about Israel. We can actually. I don't know if you guys have spent much time in the Old Testament. We're to learn a hang of a lot about Israel. If we learn what Israel did wrong and don't do it, our lives will be a lot simpler and a lot freer too. So we're gonna go um, so we're gonna start in Deuteronomy. Now, um, yes, yeah, so I am a doctor, I can't spell. There are quite a few typos, but you'll just have to forgive me. PowerPoint doesn't have spell check. So and also I can't pronounce a lot of these names, so anyway. So, Deuteronomy 1, verse, chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. These are the words that Moses spake to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Shup, I don't know, between Paran and one side Tophel, Laban, Herazoth, and Hab, anyway, on the other. Normally, it only takes 11 days to travel from the south, Mount Sinai, Kadesh, B'naiad going by the way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after Lydraith left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him. Oops, yeah. So this is, I just thought I'd get a map. So, is there a so there's Mount Sinai, and there's Kadesh Barnea. So it's quite far, but 11 days so most of their journey should have only taken eleven days, and it took forty years. So there was 40 years of wandering. So the wilderness can sort of so often in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, there's sort of like sort of pictures, sort of, and, and we can, um so we're not technically in the wilderness, you know, but Wilderness speaks of difficulties, trials, times when we feel dry, times when we struggle to hear God's voice, times when we feel we get lost. So, and we all at times, well I do anyway, and I think most of us do, we all at times get stuck. And and it's not the getting stuck, it's the staying stuck. And what God's heart is for na- us not to stay stuck. God's heart is to, to bring us to a place of freedom, abundance, and reliance on him. Because it's only as we learn to rely on him that we can actually get through the wilderness. And the wilderness is actually... let see, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the wilderness is actually not for, um, not for God, the wilderness is actually for us, because it's actually in the wilderness that we, we find out what's in our hearts, and sometimes it's not pretty. Well, my heart, son was not pretty, and often it's the tough times, it's the times of disappointments, it's the time of grief that we actually see what's in our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but as again, God doesn't want us to get stuck in the wilderness, I've got to point this here and look here. Oopsie! Oops! 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 Okay. Oops! One back. There we go. So I just want to read Deuteronomy. So we're just Deuteronomy. Okay. Uh, chapter one, still uh, verse thirty-six to twenty-six to thirty-six. A few typos here, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us. That's why he has brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us by their report. And they tell us the people of the land are taller, more powerful than we are. And their towns are large, their walls rising high into the sky. And we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God will go ahead of you. He will fight for you, just as you saw him do in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the the wilderness just as a father cares for his child how he brought you to this place. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. We sort of think, I don't know, thinking, oh, I, think, I thought I'd maybe be a bit better than Israel. I mean, they have just seen God Give them victory over Egypt and all those plagues and going through the, um, the Red Sea and all those things. You know, I mean, if, if, if I'd seen that, surely I wouldn't doubt God. Surely I'd put my trust in him. But, you know, we are, I don't know, I mean, I'm, actually, I'm like Israel. You know, God will bring victory into my life, or God oh, you will know, have, have an answer to prayer. And then just down the road... I'm doubting again. And, you know, for me, sometimes I look at my problems. Um, when I was, like, since university, I've actually struggled with depression and, and, and anxiety. And sometimes I look at my anxiety, and sometimes it seems so big. It just seems so, so high. And the key here is that Israel refused to trust. And trust is actually a choice. And sometimes we, 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 we either choose to trust or we don't trust. And, and for me, sometimes it's, it's not even necessarily a daily thing. It's sometimes it's a minute-by-minute minute thing. Lord, I trust you. I, I don't like this. I don't like this, 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 this hurt. I don't like this pain. But I trust you. And even when things seem so high, I mean, that's the point. We, you know, that's the point that things are so big because, because we're not supposed to be able to do it on our own. But somehow we have this thing that we, I don't know, I don't know, we have this thing that we should try and do it on our own. But And it is, it's about choosing to trust. And the thing that really hit me, oh, sorry, it did work, thank you. The thing that really hit me as I was reading these verses is that Israel was in the wilderness. They stuffed up. They didn't trust. They were having to be there for 40 years. So there were consequences of them not trusting. But God still was there. He, their sandals didn't wear out. He still directed them. He still the, the, um, the fire was there at night. The cloud was there during the day. He didn't give up on them. A few people did get tortured along the way. But anyway, go, go and read about that. There's some really cool things in the Old Testament. But, um, you know, and the thing that, I don't know, for me, like, I've been really scared that I was going to get stuck in the wilderness, like, and that I get really stuck in my grief. Like, I know that um, with Sam leaving, I know that God's sort of saying, you know, I, I feel that God wants to do a deeper work in my heart. Because part of me was a, a bit scared to allow some of the feelings, to be honest, and um, but reading that, even while they were they messed up, God still cared for them. He cared for them as a father. And maybe some some of you didn't don't have a great father, maybe, and maybe that doesn't sound so great to you. But as you allow God to touch you, you will find that He's a good father. Sometimes you don't always understand what He does. So that gave me great confidence, and um, and just comfort, because because I know that I'm going to carry on getting I'm, I'm going to stuff up, you know, there's, I'm going to still get stuck, but and even in that stuckness, knowing that God's going to be there for me. There's complaining and there's complaining. <laughs> So sometimes I think, you know, like when we complain, it's really interesting in that verse how they, when they said that the walls, the cities were as high as the sky, I'm thinking, well, even, I don't know if you guys have been to Dubai, but you, Dubai, the, 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 um, the buildings are really, really high. And it's like, but I mean, the cities are never as high as the sky. You know, when we complain, often we make things bigger than what they are. And often when we complain, it, we actually pull away from God. But sometimes I think we get it a little bit wrong too, because sometimes I think we can sort of then try and pretend everything's okay, and we can sort of push it under the carpet. Oh yeah, everything's sweet, man. This is all good, man. But actually, we are hurting inside. And you know, God wants us to be real. You know, God wants us to say, I mean, I've got some wonderful, one for my pre partners down there, you know, I need you to pray for me. (laughs) You know, I've rung some of my friends so many times, pray for me, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. I need you to pray for me. You know, with with God, it's about relationship. And he wants us to open our hearts to him. And you don't get close to somebody who just pretends, you know, I'm cool, man, you know. You get close to somebody when they're vulnerable and they open their hearts and I love Psalms when David, I mean, David, he, he lets it all out, man. You know, some of it's not very pretty. You know, and that's what God wants us to be to him, you know. And it's not, sometimes there's a fine line between complaining and being real. I don't know, you know. But I think when we are real, it should draw us to God. And like when you read the Psalms, like David, he, he complains and he he, he he some of it is complaining, but he shares his heart. He cries out to God, but then he always says, "But I'll put my trust in God," and he reminds himself God, God of God's goodness. Because often, if you read the, you know through the different Psalms, and at the end, "But I'll trust God. He's a good God, and God is God." And so I think sometimes we need to be real and not to be afraid sometimes. Of complaining, I don't know if I've, made, made, uh, if I've explained that well, but you know that's what God wants us to do is to be real. So I just want to talk about so that's Israel. So Israel got stuck; they got stuck there for forty years, and you know, forty. You know, whether God intended to be for forty years, I don't know. But you know, God, we sometimes get stuck, and I think sometimes we stay stuck longer than God intends. And and I just want to look at Jesus and what happened to him when he was in the wilderness. So in Matthew. So when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, he was tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During the time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says... People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of, the, of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away. The angels came and took care of Jesus. You know, so Jesus, he'd just been baptized, and God said, this is my beloved son. And then he went to the wilderness thinking, hang on. (laughs) So sometimes we put ourselves in the wilderness by the stupid things we do and the the wrong decisions. But sometimes the Holy Spirit leads us into the wilderness. It's like, oh my gosh. now, the word four, numbers are never, they're insignificant in the Bible. There's always, there's, I tell you, there's so much stuff in the Bible, and there's meanings behind meanings behind meanings. And then the, the number 40 means transformation, uh, new life. And so Jesus was there for 40 days. And in some ways, I don't know, like Israel they was there for 40 years, and it's like, you know, Jesus pays our price. You know, you know Israel mucked up, and Jesus, he paid the price. And um, and I hope that my transformations are days rather than years. Um, okay. So, you know, one of the first <clears throat> the first um, test was to turn the stone into bread, and Jesus said, you know, you need to be this, the God's word. That sustains him. Jesus knew what sustained him, and I think when we're in the wilderness, we find out very quickly what sustains us. And a lot of stuff we put our energy in: our job, our school, our friendships, our stuff. You know, a lot. You know, our image. When when the chips are down, when things are really hard, and you're hurting inside, that stuff it, it doesn't it doesn't sustain you. And see God's word. Is a living word. It's not just the the words on the page. And what amazes me is that when you're reading God's word, then suddenly something will just hit you, and He will speak to you through His word. But we have to spend time in it. You, you, you know, as Victor was really challenging us, and he lied to us last week. But anyway, <laughs> but um, challenging us, you know, to be in God's word. And sometimes it's really tough. Like. When we were in lockdown, I decided I was going to read through the, the whole Bible in another year. That was hard going. You know, there's many, many a Christian has died in Leviticus. You know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough. But the more you spend time in his word, the more he'll speak to you. And it doesn't have to be much. You know, I mean, for me, sometimes it's just a couple of verses. So, but his word has to become. You know, it has to become part of us and for, for it to sustain us. Now, the other, um, the other thing was talking about how the, um, the next temptation was when um, Satan said, jump off, um, jump off this, was it the building? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the high mountain, that's right. Yeah, building, yeah, the, the temple, thank you. Um, And I was sort of thinking about this, you know, testing. And I was thinking about how kids, how kids test their parents. And, you know, how kids push the boundaries, you know, and how they know which buttons to push. And they know the rules, but they still push. And if there's some wriggle room, they'll push even harder. And, you know, and I think sometimes we do that to God, you know. And I was just also thinking, you know, when kids sort of push the boundaries, it's like, you know, or they they moan and groan and whinge and whine or whatever, and it's like they so they're, they're sort of saying to us, "I know better than you," you know, and um and just listen, listen to me, listen to me, and I think sometimes we do that to God, but you know when um, see, God is God and God is sovereign, and God is all powerful and all present. And when we tempt God, we're sort of t- telling God, we know better than you. Just a really simple example, and it probably doesn't mean much to you, but like, I, I always try to get to bed at a reasonable time, 10.30, and, and the light's out. Um, so I get a good night. I need my sleep. Otherwise, I just don't do well. And my, with my job, I've got to be onto it, you know, and I don't want to make sure I give the person the wrong, cut the wrong thing off or anything like that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> make sure I've got to put the left and the right and everything. Um, but you know, sometimes I push. I push the envelope. You know, I I, I go to bed a bit too late, and then I expect God to, to 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 help me. You know what I mean? So sometimes we can, and God is often gracious. You know what I mean? But if it's every night, then God will say, you know, come on, get yourself all sorted. And um and a recent um quote that I um, um, I'm I'm a great fan of Timothy Keller the late Timothy Keller um, and I heard this statement from him, you know that God answers our prayers in such a way that they are the answers to the prayers that we would have prayed if we understood the things like God does (laughs) so often you know we if we understood the things the way God does then we would pray a lot differently. We only see in part. And I think that's part of the testing. You know, it's part of it is trusting him. And part of it is, even though I see only this bit, like, you know, I don't understand what God took my husband. You know, we were a great team. You know, my kids have had to grow up, up without a dad. It's really hard. And my son particular. I've been so grateful for the men that God's put in His life. You know, it's real. It's really hard as a mum, being a mum and a dad, and like I don't understand that. And um, but I just have to come to that place of of knowing that God is sovereign. That somehow, when we get to, when I get to heaven, I'll understand. And part of me says that sucks. Well, it does. But I have to trust. And I think, you know, w- with the whole testing thing, as part of it is knowing that God is sovereign. And when, when we're in the wilderness and when we're struggling and when it's hurting, knowing it might not be quite the, the outcome we want, but that God is sovereign. Yeah. And the last um, test was um, about worship. And Jesus said, you can only worship God. And um, Satan said, I'll give you everything. But he said, you can only worship God. And the thing with worship is it's actually worship that changes our heart. And again, when we're in the wilderness, we work out very quickly what's on the throne of our hearts. You know, and when things aren't going well and when you know when, when things are, you know jobs or finances or whatever when things aren't going well we really realize very quickly the stuff we actually put in front of god we don't sometimes we don't even realize it ourselves but god wants to be on the throne of our hearts and for me it's a bit of a daily thing sometimes more than daily Particularly, you know, when I'm struggling and when I'm stuck, I just have to, I just have to lift him up. Father, I lift you up in this circumstance. I lift you up. I can't see. I can't see ahead. But I lift you up. I exalt you. And I set, I choose to set my heart on you. And worship and trust and peace, they're all very closely linked. And, you know, the, one of the greatest things is peace. I don't know if you guys have had times in your life you've had no peace. It's a horrible place. I don't know if there's been times when you guys have had anxiety. It's really horrible. And, or when you've been really depressed. I tell you, you'll do anything to do, have peace. But the only true peace comes from God. And it's very much linked to trusting Choosing to trust and also to worshipping, to lifting him up. And we do have an enemy because the enemy, he wants us to do some other stuff. Like he wants to fill us with garbage, you know, with drugs, alcohol, Netflix, all that other stuff. He wants to distract us. And so it is a battle. And there have been times when, when I, I struggle. I struggle to to lift God up. I struggle to trust. And, and I'll be honest, probably the biggest thing since my husband has died was to trust God because it's still, re- you know, to, to, to take my husband, my kids, dad, it's really hard because I know that sometimes things... Don't work out how you want it, you know. But somehow, I still have to trust him. Yeah. And, and that is a process. And that's for me, and everyone's different. We've, we have to work out what works for us. But for me, praying with friends. I've got some wonderful, beautiful friends down there. And I ring them up. I say, oh, I'm struggling. And I pray, and we pray, and we speak God's word. And then I have to choose. And I know, like, um, my son has had chronic fatigue for the last 18 months. And it's been really hard. And it's been really hard seeing him not being able to do much. And he's young. He's this young 18-year-old man who should be enjoying life. And I've just got to trust. I've got to trust that God has got a plan and a purpose. And that's why we need each other. You know, in the wilderness, you can't do the wilderness on your own. You need people that you can trust. You need people that you can be vulnerable to that can help you when, when you're struggling. So, at some point, you're going to find yourself stuck in the wilderness. Because um, life is tough. I'm sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um, and... And when we're in that wilderness, we need to remind ourselves that God cares for us as a father. And if your father wasn't a good father, God wants to tell you that he is a good father. And to, that will take time. That will take time to learn that he's a good father. And there's complaining, there's being real. And I do think when we're in the wilderness, when we're in the difficult times, we have to be real. We have to be real to God, we have to be real to ourselves and to be real to other people. And trust is a choice. And it's something that just, just doesn't happen once, you know, well, I trust in the Lord. That's it. That would be great if it was that. Hallelujah! But it's a constant choice. And sometimes the harder the trial, the more we have to just keep trusting and just keep, keep, keep giving it to him. We need to know what sustains us. And and it's it's having God's word, the living word, that can get into our hearts, and that is spending time, giving Him room. You know that 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 um, that song, spending time, and sometimes it's, it, it, it's only you know, even just a couple of verses, just giving Him room, giving Him space, and that God is sovereign that, you know, we do test God. I'm sure God must roll his eyeballs at us and think, oh my gosh, you know. Um, but he is sovereign, and we don't fully understand. And it's only until we're in eternity that we'll say, ah, oh, okay, I get that. You know, but while we're here, sometimes we don't understand. And then we still have to, that, you know, God is sovereign, and God is God. He will do what he will do. And what are we worshipping? And, um, and God, of course, wants us to worship Him because it's when we worship Him that He will change our hearts. And at the end of the day, that's what, that's what it's all about. God is about relationship. He wants to bring us to a place of freedom, of abundance, and also reliance on Him. So, so I... I hope that something tonight has just stirred something in your heart, and um, we're going to. These guys going to sing something, <laughs> and and I don't know. I'd be very, you know, there's nothing special about me, <laughs> um, but I would love to pray for anyone who who just needs, you know, needs a fresh touch, needs, you know, need, needs just, you know, needs the Lord's help. I'd love to pray for people. For me, whenever I get an opportunity to be prayed for, I, I, I get prayed for because as we're going back to that right at the beginning, God is more for us. He's got more for us and he has not forgotten us. And we are his beloved. And I just, and I just really pray that um, as we just go from here today, that we'll just, 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 just allow God just to stir some of those words in your heart. And, and as we go into this week, and there'll be challenges this week, and just to remind yourself that He's with you, and He's not forgotten you, and that He's your Father.